0: You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As it said, this is Locked On Indians, and I am your host, Jeff Ellis. We are going to have a lot to unpack today. The Indians had a very eventful opener against the Tigers, and that game alone could probably take up the entire podcast. We also will, of course, address the Mike Clevenger situation, uh, who could be the potential replacements, and really, where do they go from here with another central piece of the team being hurt? So let's start off with the game today, and it was quite a performance by the Indians. They had four home runs uh, entering the game. They had four home runs, and then they had four today if Eric Stometz is hit uh, that was rightfully a single with an error that uh, allowed him to come all the way around uh, and score, would have been ruled a home run. They would have had more home runs today than they had had in the previous nine games combined. So in the 10th game of the year, they doubled their home run total and were just one scores error away from being higher. Again, I'm stating that I agree with the uh, the scoring that was made It was a horribly misplayed ball by Mickey Matuk. Just looking at the hitters, what's nice to see and what we saw today is almost everyone got involved. The only two hitters who did not record a hit or a walk were Jose Ramirez and Carlos Santana. And Carlos Santana was still able to come close. Um, He had one really deep shot that was almost another home run so Jose Ramirez is really the only one who didn't kind of join in the parade which is a concern as he continues to scuffle um at such a high degree we've talked about that uh in multiple other podcasts but it's still something that bears watching and yes this is an incredibly small sample size but the fact that this extends back to last year is part of the reason why this is a concern so things got on, uh, got off with a bang, thanks to Leonis Martin, and then we saw uh, Brad Miller homer, Jake Bowers homer, and Roberto Perez homer. Now, I have been rough on Roberto Perez all year, and uh, he went out and got a home run, and I've been really rough on Eric Stamatz, and he had his first Major League RBI. He ended up with two of them. He ended up getting his second hit of the year, so he... The Indians doubled their home run total, and Stamets doubled his hit total. He also had an error in the first. Um, he's still hitting uh, 077, which is worse than uh, Roberto Perez's 095, but both better than Greg Allen's 050. So it's uh, when you have three guys hitting under 100, it's uh, it's a concern, I would say. In terms of the pitching in this game... Corey Kluber continued to be Corey Kluber. He came right out and had a very typical outing for him anymore, which is one run, one walk, eight strikeouts. He's not necessarily going to be the guy who's going to rack up the strikeouts quite like we've seen Bauer or Clevenger do. This isn't to say he's not going to have a lot. He will, but he's not going to have likely the insane K rates you've seen in the other two. But what allows him to stay so effective is he's always been a control pitcher kind of first and foremost he's someone who's led the league in lowest walk rate He has always kept his walk rate exceptionally low and that has allowed him to stay consistent and that's one of those areas that you can age gracefully in that a pitcher like Kluber you don't have as many because that control is something that stick, sticks around you know velocity can can fade uh, some of the bite on your pitches might fade But the control is one of the last things to go, unless it just goes suddenly. It's also one of those things that can just evaporate, but that's typically more of a mental side of things. Bullpen came out and was uh, great for their three innings. One hit between Otero, Olson, and Edwards. Again, uh, that that is an area that I've been 100% proven wrong in so far. I'm kind of shocked at how well the pen has been. The Indians also have not had the hardest slate early on, so we'll see what happens when they start facing some uh, legit playoff contenders. But it was an encouraging day. Uh, The home runs, the number of guys who got involved, there's a lot of positives you can take away from the game, and hopefully the Indians will, uh, will build on that going into tomorrow. Speaking of building on things, I'd like to... Build on the promotions we've done before with our sponsor, BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com, promo code MLB. It is the little blue pill that you can chew. If you use our promo code, you can get a free trial. You just have to pay the five bucks for shipping. This is your chance, if you've ever been curious, to try out the little blue pill for five bucks, discreetly mailed to your home. And remember, that's BlueChew.com, promo code MLB. So, as I teased at the front of the show, uh, the news on Mike Clevenger was probably bigger to most Indians fans and should be than the win or the power outbreak the Indians had because Clevenger has been so ridiculously dominant early on and had to leave his last inning after last start after five innings because of a back injury well he 's now going to miss six to eight weeks. And that is huge because the guy who would be scheduled to take his spot in the rotation is Adam Pluco. Problem is Pluco is currently on the disabled list and can't pitch for the Indians. So if you go down to that AAA roster and you're kind of looking at, well, who's already on the 40 man? Who could they potentially start or put in there? Cody Anderson is a, a name to know. I don't know if they're quite ready to rush him back in. When you, the other guys on the 40 man, uh, Jeffrey Rodriguez, who was the second of three pieces in that Jan Gomes deal, he could be a potential person they would bring up and use in that like starting pitching role we've seen Tampa do. It's, uh, he, he's not been very effective. I'm not a huge fan, so I, I wouldn't be pushing that one. In terms of the uh, most likely at this point, is probably Chi Wei who they got from Tampa. Um, This offseason, when they traded for him, I thought he had a pretty good chance to make the roster. He's an undersized pitcher. He showed four pitches, but really only two of them were uh, potential out pitches at the major league level. And the thought process was he had shown some bumps in velocity when we worked out of the pen. He wasn't able to earn his way onto the team, but he is on the 40-man. He has been a starter, and kind of in that uh, emergency role, he could fill in. Hopefully, uh, by the time Plutko is ready to go, you know, it's only maybe a start or two that you need this person to fill in for the Indians. The other options, if you're willing to look beyond the 40-man, would be A.J. Cole, who the Indians clearly liked. They kept bringing back around, and uh, he was on the 40-man at one point, and he is this big former first-round pick, former top prospect he's one of those guys that was always kind of a head-scratching top prospect for me because he never performed in the minors at a level one expects for someone with his pedigree and hype and he was always a player who just you look at the numbers and you couldn't see from the numbers how he was considered a top prospect but he was the other option might be someone like nick goody in a starter role who is on the 40 man or if the indians wanted to kind of add someone they could sneak through. Michael Peoples might be interesting just because here's someone who's been a, a good soldier for them for a while. He is gonna be twenty eight this year. He's pitched all up and down. He's a ground ball pitcher, which with their current incarnation of the team being very defensive first is would uh, it, you know, is is a bonus for him. And the thing with a pitcher like Peoples is uh, grammar there to send it off, that, you know, if you add him to the 40 man, if you do the juggle, the move, or if you let go of one of the guys towards the back, he's also a player that would likely pass through waivers when you no longer need him. You could have him come up and it's kind of almost a reward for a player like that. And I mean, it's a huge reward to do that for any of these guys who someone like Peoples, who was a, essentially a senior sign, who has, been shuffling through the minors for all these years once you hit the majors just one time your pay rate changes so dramatically um it changes as i said so dramatically that it's literally a life-changing event um even if it's they get called up and they never pitch in the majors just because of that change to their scale i've always been a fan of uh people's when he's been healthy he's shown some stuff at points He's not necessarily going to be the guy, and he likely won't be, but it's just another name to consider. At this point, I would probably be betting, like I said, on chi We um, or maybe someone like Nick Goody as a starter, or Jeffrey Rodriguez in that role, kind of a bullpen by committee. The, the long shot is probably A.J. Cole, but... You know, the, you never know. They could do something um, unusual. I'm trying to remember the pitcher a few years ago. They called up kind of out of nowhere, sort of in probably like 2014. He had an unusual name, and, you know, he came up, pitched a game, passed through waivers, like Tony Murata, that, uh Is that ringing any, any bells for people? Something like that. But they were able to call up that player and then send him down afterwards, and he was able to pass through waivers. Uh, Pluko is currently on the seven day IL in Columbus and we'll just have to wait and see. And uh, the bigger problem though is we're talking about, oh, well, once you get Pluko back, Pluko was not very good last year. He was a below replacement level starter. I always thought he'd be around a replacement level starter. So that was a bit disappointing, but there are just certain things he can't do that make him that swing arm or that emergency first arm up but he's not someone you want out there for 6 to 8 weeks so the hope really at this point is that uh, Cody Anderson can build up that arm strength get himself in a position to come back and jump into that spot and if we want a silver lining we want to look on the positive maybe Cody Anderson can get himself back into the form he was in 2015 when he looked like he was a uh, future fixture in this rotation, and all of a sudden the Indians have six arms, which would allow them to look into a trade at the deadline to use some of those arms to help what has been a anemic offense until today. and that's the positive spin on it. um but let's be honest it's it's really awful news. Uh, there's no good spin at this point. They're going from losing a guy who's arguably their best pitcher this year through two starts to their seventh option uh, maybe even lower than that due to injuries the Tristan McKenzie who's one of those guys I talked about he's been a top prospect for a long time now Uh, he is also hurt so I was kind of hoping that you know if the Indians did move or trade somebody in July that McKenzie would be ready to go and ready to move up but much like last year he's hurt so the pitching which has essentially carried the indians it's the pitching and carlos santana so far that has carried them to a seven and three record which if you've been watching this team they have no business being seven and three so it says just a lot for how dominant the starters have been and just how good carlos santana has been and i know i'm kind of rambling here and, and losing my points which i apologize for but it's past midnight as i record i'll be honest on my end of things but the main point here is the Indians need to add offense somewhere, and their best way is going to be to trade pitching. The problem is they don't have the current depth at pitching, and when you lose uh, a player like Clevenger who seemed to be ascending for six to eight weeks, uh, back injuries are tricky. It could be worse. I'm hoping he takes like the full eight weeks, is fully recovered before he gets back on the mound, really lets his body... Uh, rest but when you're going from him to what they're having in the the minors and it it completely changes everything for the indians because they no longer have those five uppercross starters there is all of a sudden no thought of a trade at this point if you're uh the cleveland indians if san diego called and offered you fernando tatis for trevor bauer you're saying no because you can't afford to lose a starter right now the surplus has turned into a uh, its a strong unit, but there is not that surplus of talent anymore. Well, I want to again thank everyone who's been tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the, uh, the Crossed Show podcast last night with Chris Brown of Locked on Tigers. I have talked with Taylor Blake Ward of Locked on Angels. We're going to try to do something soon. Where we will then have maybe the last five minutes of multiple pods have some draft talk because I know a lot of people out there have uh, have been gearing up for the draft and I'm getting a lot more questions as the college baseball season's about halfway done. Uh, again, the last two days I've been using some new software, so I'm also looking forward to hearing from people to see if it's better or worse, uh, general review on the software. And I want to thank. All of our subscribers on the Himalaya app, Google, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever you're using, the growth has been fantastic. Thank you so much. Even bigger thanks to all of you who have written reviews. Um, It really does mean a lot to me. Uh, I personally just sent my contract in this week to On as a podcast person. So the past few weeks, I've been doing this purely as a labor of love because I didn't even have a contract in place. So thank you. It's it's thanks to all of you guys and gals out there. And um, how kind and opening and awesome you've been. So thank you again. I really do appreciate it. And as always, go tribe.